On today's episode of the podcast, I'm talking to you from the south of Spain, where I am having a lovely little vacation, enjoying some sunlight. I had a big revelation this week about art and about how there's nothing more soothing to our nervous systems than just being our creative selves and being with our art without having to produce or perform. So it's a podcast really diving in to our creative spirits and giving ourselves some space to feel. The podcast begins with a 15-minute meditation, a little check-in for your heart, and I really hope you enjoy that too. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Let's jump in. Okay, my friends. Hello. Welcome back to the show. How are you? How is your heart today? How are you doing? I hope you're feeling really good. We are getting into February now, which just feels wild and crazy. (laughs) Time is flying. I hope you've had the chance in the past week to really slow down, to place your hand on your heart and check in with yourself. If you haven't had the chance or if you feel like life is moving so quickly, everything is just spinning all around you, I'm going to give you a little opportunity for a check-in in just a second. I uh, have to preface this show just by saying I am in Spain right now and I'm sitting on the floor in the bedroom of this apartment here where we're staying and it's kind of echoey. It's just a big empty bedroom and uh, I've done my best I've just um, I've surrounded myself with a duvet and a bunch of pillows and stuff but if it's a little bit echoey I apologize it's the best I can do and I just put bear down in the other room let's see how long he sleeps I just feel so grateful that he's sleeping at all and that I get to sit here and record from Spain which is so magical and amazing But I I woke up this morning just feeling a longing to close my eyes and take some time to really tune in and feel. I feel like this whole year, 
So far, 2024 has passed by really fast. And I have that feeling often, more, more often than normal, where almost like I feel like I can't really keep up with the events of the world. I can't keep up with the pace in which how everything seems to be moving right now and how there's so much heartache to take in. There's so much pain happening all around just on the grand large scale of this earth. And I'm feeling that in a lot of different ways. I'm feeling that as I tune in to the situation happening in Gaza right now. I feel that as I tune in to nature. I feel it every time I open up my news app. You know, I, I feel it. I know many of you feel it too. So uh, I just, this morning, I just had that feeling of like, oh, I wish I had the space to just sit down and close my eyes and be in silence. And then I remembered, oh, but I get to record the podcast today. So maybe I'm not the only one feeling that way. So how about we just take a little moment right here. We find a comfortable place to sit. I'm actually on the floor right now. I'm sitting on the little cushion, but I'm leaning up against the wall. However, you can make yourself a little bit more comfortable in this moment is just beautiful. And sometimes, you know, comfort is sitting on a meditation cushion on our yoga mat with, you know, our hands in a mudra and spine long and just having that very solid foundation of proper posture for meditation. And sometimes comfort is just staying in bed, curling up on your side and just getting comfy under a blanket, you know? It can also be just uncrossing your legs so you find a little bit more balance in your body. And if you're sitting on a chair or in a seat, scooching to the edge of that seat and then rooting your feet down to the earth. Take a moment right here. I like to remind myself whenever I go into my meditation practice that preparation for meditation is meditation. Preparation for ritual is ritual. So when I prepare to sit down in ritual with tea, for example, I clean the space, you know, I fill the kettle with water, all those things. It's already ritual right there. It started the moment you've decided to step into the practice, you're already practicing. So as you are finding that comfortable posture right now, you are already in practice right? You're listening to those subtle little signals of the body. You're checking in with yourself. Is this comfortable? Is this comfortable? What do I need? What do I want? How about now you make these little tweaks and changes in the body? Already there, you're already meditating. You're already present or more present than you were a few moments ago. So find that place that feels like home. And you'll know you'll know. Sometimes the moment I arrive, I just, I get a little goosebump that just kind of comes and goes, or my body takes a deeper breath on its own, or I just feel that feeling of center, like, oh, that's it. And when you arrive there, I want you to get very, very quiet. 
So get very still in your physical body. Stop fidgeting, stop moving around. If there's a scratch or something to itch, don't itch it. If you feel like you want to, you know, tug at your clothing or fix your waistband or you have a strand of hair in your face or, you know, the mind will find tons of reasons why we need to fidget and move around a little bit all the time. But the moment you've really arrived at that center, stay centered. Get really physically still. And as you get very physically still, you might start to notice how challenging it is for the mind to become still. So you don't have to quiet the mind. Let the mind do what the mind does. Notice those thoughts passing through your mind right now. Notice what comes up as you get really quiet right here. Just let it be. You don't have to do anything here. You don't have to find a perfect, calm, quiet inside. Rather, let this moment just be a moment to actually notice what is happening. And maybe you can notice as you close your eyes, you notice what you can hear all around you. You might be noticing how you can take in the space here without sight. What does the space sound like here? What does this moment smell like? What can you feel through sensation and touch in your body right here? And if you listen really closely, what is happening in your mind? What is that story being told to you? And some days we wake up in the morning and we have a fairly neutral or maybe even a positive story going round and round in the back of our heads of how life is beautiful and how it's a good day and you're in a state of flow and feeling good, things are going well. And some days that record just spins the other direction where it feels like everything is an uphill climb and, oh, you know, it's hard, it's a hard day and, things aren't going your way and it's not working out the way you planned and why are people so difficult and why is life so difficult and try to not attach a need or a want to either of those records playing in your mind just notice which one is playing today is that story you're telling yourself it is is it a positive one or is it a negative one or is it somewhere in between and notice how that storyline affects your sense of well-being. How that storyline sort of becomes the day. And oftentimes we think we have no control over those thoughts. They just come and go as they do. And I find that the more time we're able to actually spend in disciplined practice, just listening just noticing, the easier our days will become. And the more we realize that actually, hey, that record in the back of my head, that's not who I am. That's actually not always reflecting my reality. I can have all the blessings and all the abundance in the world, but my ego can tell me that I don't have enough and that's how I'm going to feel if I listen. But if we're able to 
step back a little bit and be a little bit more objective here and not attach a personality to that voice. Not automatically take it as truth, but just listen with a little bit more perspective of, okay, here's that voice again telling me all the ways of how I'm not enough or how I don't measure up. That's the storyline today. Okay. Hmm, interesting. Does it mean it's true? Or can I take a few breaths here and just realign, anchor into the present moment, allow those thoughts to be what they are, but not make them the center of my experience? So we shift some awareness and we shift our perspective away from the mind. Just let that record be what the record is. And instead, start feeling a little bit deeper into your body. Notice the sensations coming from within the body in this moment. What does it actually feel like to be here? To be embodied in this lifetime sitting in this shape you've chosen for yourself so mindfully today, listening to this podcast that you also chose for yourself very mindfully today. What does it feel like for you to be in this body, in this life, in this moment? If you're able to notice a sensation or maybe a feeling somewhere in the body, where do you feel it? Maybe shift your awareness to your heart space for a little bit and notice what is present there. What do you have moving in your heart today? Chances are it's not the same as it was yesterday and chances are it's going to be a diff bit different tomorrow. So just for now, what do you have going on in your heart are you sensing some gratitude there? Sometimes we wake up and just gratitude is present. You feel joy, excitement for the day. Do you feel blessed? Feel happy, content, calm? Or are you sitting here in this moment feeling grief? Are you grieving something, someone? you feel frustrated today? Is there a bit of anxiety maybe present here in the heart? Do a little check-in here. What is present in your heart right now? And sort of like how that record we have going in the mind, the positive or the negative story of the day, your heart might be holding a big feeling and it could be joy and it could be grief. And neither is bad. Whatever you have in your heart in this moment is here for a reason. Because that feeling is something that you need in this moment. And if that feeling is anxiousness, there's nothing wrong with you. Give yourself full permission to allow whatever already is. So if it is anger or it's shame or it's something that feels more challenging to navigate than joy and gratitude, take a deep breath, really a deeper breath, 
all the way into the heart, down into the belly. And as you exhale, give yourself full permission to be with this feeling without having to fix it or change it or do anything at all, really. Whatever is here is here for a reason. So let's stop resisting. Welcome it. Maybe even allow that feeling to take up a little bit more space, expanding from the heart out into the rest of the body. Really giving yourself a moment to dwell here in this emotion, almost like you're swimming in a sea of it. Not forever, not for the rest of the day, you know, just for now. And notice if by allowing the feeling, something starts to shift. We'll take a few more deep breaths here. Breathing in through the nose, into the heart, down into the belly. And out through the nose, from the belly, past the heart. You are doing such a beautiful job in being yourself in this moment. And just allowing what is. Sometimes that's a really hard thing to do. Let's take another breath right here. And exhale. If you feel comfortable just lingering here with your eyes closed, go ahead. If you want to... Blink your eyes open and shift in your seat. Take a sip of water, maybe. Hmm. Go ahead and do that. Hi. <laughs> do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off.
Hello. Hi. You know, we used to do these little little guided meditations, little check-ins every day or every beginning of every podcast. Every time I recorded, I'd do 10, 15 minutes of something and fell out of that a little bit. But it's it's a beautiful thing to wake up with a longing for that and then immediately connect with it through this podcast. I always feel a little bit different before guiding a moment like that and afterwards. So speaking from the heart in this moment, I am feeling just very calm, very content. Um, at the same time, I feel, I feel this split. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I am uh, in a space where I'm just sensing a lot of the discord in the world from every angle. Um, and I don't know. So we are in um, we are in Spain right now, which is very very exciting and such a blessing and so much fun and also kind of challenging. I'm here not on my own, but I'm here without Dennis. Um, with Bear, of course, Bear is here. Leia has school. She always has school, obviously, but it's very hard to take your kids out of school in Sweden. So we have to really pick our moments. And um, me and my best friend, Michaela, we've wanted to just, just take a trip. She is part Spanish. She grew up in Spain, actually really close to where we are right now. So she feels really, she is very at home here. And uh, my dad used to live here. He used to spend at least half the year, sometimes all the year, um, for, I don't know, 20 years or something, long time, um, down in the south of Spain. So I used to come here all the time, every school vacation and long weekends. And um, yeah, I definitely feel like I, I grew up a little bit here as well. And uh, it's why I speak Spanish in the first place, just from traveling here so much. And, uh, my dad still has a house here and my brother has an apartment here now. So we, we just basically crashed my brother's vacation. He was here with his girlfriend and we asked if we could join and we overlapped a few days and then now they went home and we're just, we're just here. Yeah. Hanging out. And it's so beautiful. I so love Spain. If you've never visited, but it's on your bucket list, like make sure you get here. There's so much, there's so much to eat. Oh my God. <laughs> I am so excited to be in Spain and to not be vegan. So many of you commented that, like you just saw I was in Spain and a bunch of people were like, oh my God, how excited are you that you can eat everything now? <laughs> I was like, yes, so excited. We've just been eating like so much seafood and so much cheese and chorizo and amazing, amazing food. We had paella yesterday. It was just so good. So basically all day, all we do is like <laughs> eat or plan our next meal or snack. Essentially, it's been, it's been really awesome. And it's working out really well to be like a solo parent here. So Michaela is Bear's godmother. Bear has two godmothers, Michaela and Olivia, my two best friends. And, um, and he loves her. She is as max, she's the maximum support a person can be without being the parent of, of, of the kid. But he is like, he's in the mommiest phase. He's always been, I mean, since he was born, he's just, he prefers mom. I mean, lots of babies do. 
But since we arrived here, he it's kind of like I I'm his safe space, obviously. And there's so many new people, so many new impressions. Like he's never had experiences like this. I mean, ever just out and about all day meeting so many people and it's just really overwhelming, I think. And he loves it. He's just beaming and laughing and flirts with people. And he'll like call people over, looks at people from across the road and just smiles at them so big and laughs and makes these really funny shrieking sounds. And people will cross the street to come and like pinch his little thighs and like, oh my God, look at this baby. (laughs) And this culture is so different compared to Sweden. Like Sweden is you wouldn't like no one in Sweden would come and like try to pick someone else's baby up. Hell no. They wouldn't, they would never touch your baby in Sweden. Never. And here, you know, everybody's so warm, literally like we were in a store and I'm like with bear on my hip and there was a pair of earrings. I'm like holding them up. Like, I went, Oh, these look so cute. And the, the lady in the store, she just like grabbed him. (laughs) She's like, come here. And then he'd like, okay. (laughs) And then she just has him on his, on her hip while I'm trying those earrings. And he's just looking at her. He's like, okay, this is fine. <laughs> but like, it's so common here. Everyone is so, I love that about this culture. Everyone is so touchy-feely and warm and social and you talk to each other. And no, it's, it's very different in Sweden. Sweden is definitely less social and less dynamic and less, um, yeah, less together in that sense. But it's also overwhelming for Bear. Yeah. So um, he's just become like mom is everything. And that means for the second part of the day, he doesn't want anyone else to hold him. Um, you know, for me to go to the bathroom, I have to like hurry because he gets sad immediately um, if I'm not there. And that's hard. Like, that's really hard, especially knowing he's so safe with Michaela and my brother. My brother left now and his girlfriend, like he loves them so much, but it's like it's mom or bust. Like, that's his vibe. And so it means it's kind of full on, you know, like, you know, I got to like go to the bathroom and hurry up if I want to have 30 seconds <laughs> to myself kind of thing. Recording this podcast right now, I just put him down and he went to bed and we'll see how long it lasts. And uh, hopefully when he wakes up, Mikhail, I can take him for a little bit so I can finish the pod. Otherwise, I'm going to have to pause and keep going for the next nap, you know. But aside from that, it's just been really, it's really fun fun traveling with him. With Leia, I also remember it being really, I mean, we traveled so much with her since she was born. She was just on planes and I mean, we went everywhere. We really, from, I think she was two months, our first trip from Aruba to Sweden. And we took her on tour, teaching and retreats and so many things all over. And I just remember it being, it was stressful because we traveled so much for work. So it wasn't like, oh, here's just a vacation for us. We, we've only taken one vacation with Leia um, when she was little. That was like a vacation vacation. And we went to Tulum and it was right before the right before the pandemic. So she was two and a half, I guess, a little bit before she turned three. And that's our only real vacation that we ever had with her that was really like that. Every other trip was kind of like we had things to do and things to get to and it was more like she was along for the ride, kind of, for the things that we had to do. And um, this trip, it's like, this is Bear's trip. <laughs> and we are along for his ride. Like, that's what it feels like. He is totally kind of dictating the day. His mood, you know, dictates what we do. 
we haven't had a single thing that we've had to get done, you know? So it's really been just kind of letting him lead and following his vibe. And it's been, it's been so much fun, really so much fun. And I really think having an apartment, whenever you have a baby, like having an apartment or staying in an Airbnb just beats a hotel by far. I mean, at a hotel, obviously, I mean, if you can get food and stuff cooked, I think that gets kind of boring after a while if you're eating at the same place. I love having a kitchen and cooking with him and taking our time to eat whenever and yeah, having a home base that really feels like a home. Um, I prefer Airbnbs and I really, my brother's apartment, he, it's really, really cute. It's actually really child safe, which I'm so surprised, surprised by. And it's been, yeah, just a, a, a full on kind of intense trip, but really beautiful. Um, it's a big difference. It, you know, we're, we're on the farm. I rarely leave the house. I've become some sort of hermit. I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot since we came here, just how, much my energy has changed. And I don't know if it's good or bad or, or nothing. Like we used to travel so much. My energy used to be so extroverted. Like we would go anywhere. Um, and I felt so confident traveling everywhere, doing everything, being in new places all the time. And, you know, being around just people and strangers all day. And now I live this life where we're on our farm and I leave the house once every other week. <laughs> I don't go to the grocery store. I don't, I mean, you know, we order groceries and they get delivered or Dennis is the one who does the groceries. Like I literally don't leave the house for anything. And I feel like I've become a little bit set in my ways a little bit. I don't know. Like I'm missing out on a lot of potential fun experiences just by being so comfortable to be at home all the time. Part of it is that we live far away from everything. So it's not just grabbing the stroller and going out and doing stuff and meeting people. You know, it's like a trek. It's like a journey for us to go places. And part of it is that I just, I feel so comfortable at home <laughs> and just having this, this trip now, like I'm not with Dennis where, you know, I'm out of my comfort zone doing different things, but also we're in a place that I know really well. And I'm remembering my, my wilder days here in Spain. <laughs> like I, I don't know if you guys know, I used to be a party girl, but I was, I was like next level, crazy party girl. Totally. Don't to, total. I was a little bit like unhinged <laughs> when I was a teenager. And this is where I partied the most when I was a teenager. And it started really early. Like I would go when I was 12. 12. I started drinking. I started smoking. I started partying. I had tons of friends here and I made tons of friends everywhere I went. And I remember just telling my dad, like 12 years old, 13 years old, I'm going to dinner with friends and dinner in Spain, it's 10 PM. You go to dinner. So you're done eating at midnight. And then, you know, you go, you go dance a little bit or do something like that was totally normal for me to be out for me to have a curfew, I remember when I was like 13, okay, we'll be home by one or two. When I was 13, I would fight and fight and I would have make up these stories that I was at a friend's house and we're just watching a movie and why are you being so boring? Come on, let me stay over. Let me stay at least till five. Like I was like, I was this manipulating little shit <laughs> and I would make up these elaborate stories about what I was doing and my dad really trusted me and my mom really trusted me and I, sh they should not have trusted me <laughs> at all. 
and I would go down and get absolutely shit-faced and dance on the bar and just, yeah, I don't know, go bananas and then come home and sneak into bed and wake up in the morning and act like nothing. And that's just what I did. And then I think at some point, like, I mean, Sweden, generally people are more easygoing and liberal about, about everything, about sex, about alcohol, about, yeah, I think when I was 15, 16, my parents for sure knew, they knew I was drinking, they knew I was smoking and they tried to contain me somehow, but you know, they just did their best. Like my mom gave me, a, I mean, she would ground me and I would just sneak out the window <laughs> in the middle of the night. And like the 10th time in a row where she's like, oh yeah, I'm grounding her. It doesn't matter. She does what she wants. You know, I think she just kind of gave up a little bit. I don't know. But just being here, I'm being reminded of the fact that the fact that I was 13 years old, maybe I had turned 14 then. I stole my dad's car. Okay. This is like insane. I stole my dad's car here in Spain, like almost right where we are now. He had this BMW X5. I don't know if anybody remembers this car. It's like a SUV. I don't know. And it was like bright blue, almost baby blue. It was this crazy blue, like very weird <laughs> color. I stole the car. He was at the golf course for sure. I had a friend here and we drove down to El Corte Inglés, which is like this small, this department store here down by the water. And we did groceries <laughs> and probably bought cigarettes for sure. Groceries and cigarettes. <laughs> and then I drove back, not a scratch <laughs> on the car at all. And then, I mean, you know, in Sweden, we, we, we get our license at 18. Nobody's driving at 16. No, definitely no one's driving at 14. Like that is just crazy. And I remember him tell, like, telling him that later. And he was like, oh, oh, well, did you scratch the car? I was like, no okay, <laughs> I guess you're fine then. I'm like, yeah, I guess it was fine. <laughs> I guess we're fine. <laughs> totally chill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And now here I am at 35. Like, <laughs> I have never been less of a daredevil in my whole life. I don't think so. Literally, all I think about is my baby's nap schedule. Is he napping? Is he not napping? Has he eaten enough? Has he done this? How is he feeling now? Is he overwhelmed? This is too many impressions. Should we go back home? Like, I'm that person now. How? What happened? What happened? I guess motherhood happened. Yes. I guess I grew up. I guess that that just happens to all of us. Um, but even as a grown-up, like, I wasn't always this boring. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, I spent a lot of time, like just today, I'm thinking about my garden and, you know, I want to plan out <laughs> the spring garden and did I plant enough seeds and is Dennis taking care of the seedlings and is Leia drinking water because Dennis, Dennis basically doesn't drink water. Like he's he's insane. He can go all day. And I'm like, did you have water today? Um, yeah. And I'm like, did it, did you ingest it as coffee? Because 
the water in your coffee does not count as drinking water. He's like, okay, well then no. So I'm literally like, I have to check in at home to make sure that he gives Leia water. Crazy, crazy. But that's like where my brain is at. And I was just thinking like, did I lose all my sense of fun? Am I not fun anymore? Am I 35 acting like I'm 65? Like, is this it? Is this who I'm going to be for the rest of my life? I kind of wish, well, not right now, because I am really content with this phase of my life. And, you know, I love my family and this, all of this is, is, is beautiful and where I want to be. But just the idea to be alone <laughs> and drunk. <laughs> uh, I don't know. To like go dancing, just to go, I mean, come on. I would love to go. I don't even have to be drunk. I don't have to be drunk at all. I would just like a night where I am not breastfeeding and, you know, doing the whole night thing and the mom thing where I get to just dress up, maybe put on some high heels, go out and just dance. Like how that feels so far away. It really, it feels like... That's never going to be me again. I don't know. I know I'm like seven, almost eight months postpartum. And this is kind of when we start to feel this way because we've taken care of our babies for so long. <laughs> it feels like this, this season's never ending. I know it will end and new seasons will come. And yes, I will have fun again. But I, I worry I've become a little, I've, I worry I've become too set in my ways. Like I need to spice things up a little bit, do more fun things. I say from Spain. I mean, come on, come on. Am I not, am I not like, is that, is that not a fun person who just goes to Spain with their baby and their best friend? <laughs> Maybe I'm doing better than I think. We were talking about that this morning. So we went, we went to the gym. We brought Bear to the gym. Like Bear is also coming along for our fun stuff. Obviously, obviously he's not like leading the whole way, but, um, we, uh, we went to the gym, he slept and, uh, yeah. And we did the gym thing, which was fun. And I had this realization as I was moving my body where I just, <laughs> I realized that this feeling that I have very often, and I think a lot of moms and a lot of, I don't know, I think a lot of you listening maybe resonate. I often return to a feeling that I'm not doing enough. I have a feeling like I am, it's almost like a FOMO kind of feeling, like I'm missing out on things even though my days are very full and busy all the time. Like I know I'm not, it's not like I'm home, you know, twiddling my thumbs or lying on a couch watching Netflix or just wasting my life away. No, but I do have this feeling like I should be doing more. Like I should be, yeah, like I should be in a different place in life somehow that everybody else has it more figured out. Do you have that feeling? Do you know what I mean? Maybe you're like, yeah, I look at you and I think that like, maybe you think, like I have my life so figured out. Like, no, I really have that feeling. Everybody else has their life so figured out. Everyone else is just like, do they have so much output in the world. I really feel like I'm not really contributing. That's a feeling that I have often. I should be doing more. I should be creating more cool stuff. I should be um, more inspirational or I should, I have all of these shoulds. Like the person I am does not align with who I want to be. And part of that, I think, is the postpartum phase of losing yourself, which you do, like losing yourself in your baby. If you, yeah, if all night, all day kind of is centered around keeping this tiny human alive and thriving, like it's easy to lose yourself and lose who you are deep inside, like who you 
who you were before motherhood, because there's an essence to us. I think that we never change, right? That's really there. Yeah. The fun version of me, um, the version of me that has like really good, cool ideas, the version of me that can initiate fun projects, the version of me that is really inspirational and wise. And like, I feel like that part of me is just, yeah, it's, she's, she's not here right now. <laughs> like this version of me, it's like, I'm changing a lot of diapers and <laughs> talking about sleep a lot. Like that's not, not my funnest version of me, but a really important version of me because it's, it's the mother version of me, which maybe is the most important thing I'll ever do. Right. And this phase in my life, it's filled with so much love and so much fun and snuggles and coziness and closeness and togetherness. And it's also a lot of logistics. Like some days I feel like all day, all week, all I do is logistics. It's fix this and do that. And then change that diaper and put him down for that nap. And then Leia comes home and it's like, you know, it's like the parenting thing that can feel really logistical. Like you're just making it through the day. I think every parent feels that way, especially in the younger years, right? When your babies are small and it's so much of that. And I, the realization I had today was it's not that the problem or the reason why I feel like I'm not enough or doing enough it's not that I don't have enough output, that what I need to do is like put out a bunch of stuff, create a tons of content or, you know, bring things to the world. Like that is not the thing I'm missing. The thing I'm missing is space to just create. Like that's the thing. It's not like I need to publish a book. That is not the problem or why I, why I have this feeling. The reason I have this feeling is because I'm not sitting down to write I'm not writing anymore. I am not in a creative space. I don't have a creative outlet where I'm just creating for the sake of creation. And that, just being in that without having to make something out of it, it's not like, oh, well, that has to become a blog post or it has to become something you share on Instagram or it has to become a podcast or it has to become a book or a course or no, just creating because creating is a fundamental basic human need. It is. Of course, we have needs that go first, like we need shelter and water and safety and food. Yes. But creating, creation, being in that place of, of letting our creative spirit just be, I, th I really think it is a fundamental need that we all have. And we might look at ourselves as like, well, I'm not a creative person, but we are. Like, Create creativity and being a creative person. It's how we are born. It's that essence that we are, we were so close to as kids where everything was a creation of something like all day, all the imaginative ways that we played and we would draw and we would build things and like all of that creation, like it, it has to, yeah, it has to stay alive and nourished or we lose that. And I think losing that makes us feel like we're losing a part of ourselves. And I can so, and now I'm not in that place because I don't have the time, right? I'm not, it's really hard for me. Like when I have a moment to myself and not, now the baby's napping, it's like, yeah, what am I doing? I'm doing laundry. <laughs> I'm doing laundry or I'm cleaning or I'm emptying the damn dishwasher or I'm cooking. 
And sometimes cooking and baking can feel like that. It can feel creative for me, but not always. No, it's not enough for it to feel like a creative outlet. And I was there at the gym today, like, oh, I just, I think if I just sat down and I wrote more, I would feel more enough. Because I think that would meet that need that I have of just being in that creative place without the idea of, oh, I have to write with a goal of publishing something or making something out of it. No, just sitting down to write for writing's sake, because writing is my, that's my, my thing. <laughs> and maybe for you, it's different. It's, it's dance, it's poetry, it's making art in different ways, right? You have your own outlet that you know, like, that's the thing for you. And when was the last time you sat down or stood up and did that thing just for the sake of being in that place without it having to become something that you produced or something that you can show to the world and go, look at, look at what I did. Or, you know, something that other people have to critique and receive and either like or dislike. Not that, just writing for writing's sake. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I used to do, I had Julia Cameron on the show many years ago. If you don't know who she is, she wrote The Artist's Way. She is or was Liz Gilbert's, Elizabeth Gilbert's, like one of her writing teachers or guides or someone who, yeah, who really inspired her in her, in her writing. And she coined this, this practice called morning pages. We talk about that. If you want to go back and listen to that podcast, it's very old. It's like many years, I don't know, six years ago, maybe I had her on the show. She's amazing. She's like an, a creative unicorn, but she has the practice called morning pages where you wake up in the morning and before you do anything else, before you have your cup of coffee, like before anything, yeah, maybe you go to the bathroom, but you know, before you start the day, while you're still in that phase of like getting your brain in order, kind of, you open your journal and you write your morning pages, three pages. And that's it. And it can be, it's whatever comes out, you know, it's not with a specific prompt. It doesn't have to be today I feel, or, you know, it's just, you just write whatever is present, whatever comes that day. And even if you feel like you have nothing to say or nothing on your mind or nothing in your heart, you still write. And it's more about the disciplined practice of returning to the pages than it is, you know, what comes out of it or what you wrote in the end. And for me, when I was in that practice, I just remember feeling so inspired all the time. 
almost like how journaling is having this conversation with your higher self all the time. Sometimes I feel like when you're in a place of journaling and you journal intensely, you, you get to talk to a version of yourself that rarely comes out or that's kind of hard to lure out of, of their shell. When I did morning pages, I felt so in touch with that place of inspiration all the time because I was talking to my higher self as, <laughs> as me. And uh, at the gym, I was like, man, I just need to sit down and write every morning. <laughs> Look, it's not that complicated. It's not that I've been trying to solve the, the question of why do I feel like I'm not enough? It's like, well, hey, you've just stopped creating. Like you're just changing diapers now and <laughs> cleaning up messes. Like that's not creating. You need to create, you need to just get back to creating for creation's sake. And I'm really glad I, yeah, if we were to go home from Spain tomorrow, I would go home with that takeaway, which has been a really big one. So today I have a little mission to buy myself a notebook. I love buying new notebooks. It's so beautiful. Oh, that feeling of opening a brand new notebook and starting to journal for the very first time. Like it's, it's so good. And for me, I know probably my morning pages won't be what they were. It's not going to be waking up and going to my journal because that's not how I wake up. I wake up with a baby smacking me in the face <laughs> essentially. And then we have long, snuggly, snuggle times in the morning. Like he's so snuggly now. It is the best. He's so happy. He just wakes up beaming and does a lot of like, yeah, pulling at my ears and my hair and my lips. And like, it's just like, he's, he's kind of rough <laughs> in his love. He loves me very intensely. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be like waking up and writing, but I know I can find those pockets in the day where I can write again, just to write, um, you know, when he naps and also when he's just content, like in the strollers sitting next to me when I'm sitting there with my glass of wine, enjoying the afternoon. Like there's so many moments where I could be writing where I'm not, and I really want to start. And today is the day. So if you have had that feeling lately, and I also think with that feeling of being a little bit overwhelmed with the state of the world, yeah, that I know I started the podcast talking about that a little bit, but when you write, when you journal, you get the space to process that. And I'm also spending time with one of my best friends and all we do all day is talk and talk and talk and share and share. So it's also that, you know, if you have your trusted people to talk to and share with, but we don't always, and we don't always want to share every single thing that's on our hearts. And having that practice of morning pages or journaling is such a beautiful way to process what is happening in the world and what is coming your way. And I find that the more time I spend processing in real life and the less I'm processing online, the easier things are. Because it's a really hard thing to put our feelings out there on the internet and then receive every single person's thought about, about that. And it's really hard to jump from news to news and suffering to suffering. And yesterday when we were just walking up and down the hills here of Nueva Andalucía, which is where we're, we're staying, um, and all you see here, depending on where you go, you can find magical, beautiful places, but there is so much construction here. There is trash, so much trash. Oh my God. 
Um, there are no sidewalks, you know, you can barely walk anywhere because, you know, it's like, it's like the infrastructure for walking or, or biking isn't here. Everyone's in a car and there's just tons of traffic and yeah, and trash and construction everywhere you look in this particular part, obviously not all of Costa del Sol or all of Marbella or all of South of Spain or, you know, no country is one thing. Um, and there's parts of Sweden and Stockholm that's just like this. But it just became very evident here because we really, we're, you know, I'm not in the forest anymore. And everywhere you go, like I'm just like looking for nature. And everywhere you go, you see like, oh, there's a little olive tree, like squeezed in between two trash cans. And then there are these like amazing hakaranda trees that are just like nestled into weird construction cranes that are just left to die because there's so many projects here that aren't followed through with. So there's just like ghost houses everywhere. And you see these just beautiful, beautiful parts of nature trying to push through this mass development because that's what's happened here. There's just too much development. There's too much, too many new houses, too much being built. They've just overexploited it. And I was just thinking yesterday, like, I wonder what this place looked like before people did this. You know, and I know, yeah, I'm here vacationing, being part of the problem, right? Obviously, every person is a part of the problem. We did this. We do this. And I just wonder, like, imagine a place that's this overexploited, like how it was before and how beautiful and heartbreaking it is that nature just tries to push through and tries to persevere. And I had this, I just you know, that story, have you heard that story of how they built a huge highway through the Amazon, like through the Amazonian rainforest and abandoned it for a little while or something happened where they had to halt construction. And then when they came back, they couldn't find it anymore because the rainforest took it over. The rainforest just overgrew it. They couldn't find the highway that they had built. And that is a thought that I return to often when I feel desolate, when I feel hopeless about the state of the world or nature, or I see a lot of, yeah, we have a moment like that where like, oh, like what are we people doing to this precious earth? You know, where, where did nature go? Then I think about that. I think about the rainforest there and how leave her alone for long enough and mother earth will take it all back. That is comforting to me. Um, it is. It really is. So whatever you're processing, I want to remind you today to go and be with your art, whatever your art is. And I know for a lot of people, art can feel like motherhood. Motherhood can be art. Absolutely. Um, I'm in a place now where I feel like I need more. I need more of something that's just my own. Um, but to go be with your art, whatever that is, if it is baking or cake decorating or candle making or you make jewelry or you paint or you work with clay or you move your body as art whatever your art is you have to be with it without outcome right without having to produce something with it and i think so much of the day-to-day -day general anxiety we feel can be soothed by that like we can soothe that aching heart that feeling of hopelessness for the state of the world or for nature or for whatever you have going on in your personal life, you can soothe it with your art. That's how, why we have it. 
That's why and how art exists, right? To remind us that we're really alive and it's a beautiful thing to be here in the midst of all of it. It still is. So yeah, I'm going to go buy myself a little notebook and then eat some olives and sit on the balcony and just write. feel really inspired and excited to do that. I uh, so enjoyed this little check-in from Spain. I think next week I don't have a return ticket, but probably I'll be back home. But um, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, for listening. Take good care of yourself and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.